Welcome to the Transcend Human Podcast. My name is Daryl McMullen, and this is a show where we discuss how we can rise above the human condition. We address topics that we all wrestle with because we're all human. And together we look for more positive ways to respond to the world around us. Thank you for joining us on the journey. We hope today's topic is exactly what you need for the week ahead. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. It is great to have you here. April 12th, 2021. Uh, This is episode 57. So another beautiful Monday morning here in Southern California. And uh, actually, I think we've turned a corner. Uh, We were getting down into the 40s and 50s at night for quite a while there. And, uh, you know, the past few days has been really nice. It hasn't been that cold at night. So I think we're finally moving into that more spring-like weather, which I know for some of you is very frustrating to hear because it's like uh, we're still getting snow in this part of the country, Uh, but that's okay. Snow is beautiful as well. So regardless where you live, where you're at, what it looks like out your window, uh, we are glad to have you with us here this, this Monday morning. All right, minute of transparency this week. Uh, I'm just going to call it clarifications and corrections. So every once in a while, um, I will listen to one of my own podcast episodes just to do kind of a self-evaluation, a critique, if you will. And most of the time, I just cringe, you know, in, in part because you never like the sound of your voice played back for you. But also because I'm a perfectionist and it's so easy to pick apart each episode. You know, well, that's not what I intended to say. Or, well, that didn't come across very smoothly. Or, wow, I completely forgot to explain what I meant by that. But I guess that's the nature of the beast, right? When you put something out like a book, a podcast, music, or just art in general, uh, you can always look back and tear it apart. The important thing is that you put it out there and didn't allow your perfectionism to get in the way of it existing in the first place. However, after listening back uh, to the first few minutes of last week's podcast, uh, I immediately found a few things that I was like, I should really clarify and correct those. So that's what we're going to do today. Number one, uh, I referenced last week that it was Easter weekend. I talked about it being important to the Christian faith and that we celebrate the death of Jesus on the cross. And then I moved on, just like that, completely leaving out the best part. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead, that he was resurrected, and that this is really what we are celebrating on Easter. Jesus' power over death in the grave. But no, I was moving too fast and completely glossed over that piece of the story. Next up, I created a list of coffee drinker types uh, without consulting my own family. Now, for those of you that listened to last week's episode, you'll remember that I, I just made up a few types of people that I, I uh, felt like drank coffee in a very specific way. So I had type one, which was the trucker, type two, which was the star graduate, type three, the purist, type four, the full-on coffee snob, type five, the homebody, and type six, generation K. Now, if you'd like to learn more about these types, just go back and listen to last week's episode. The problem is I thought they were funny, and so I talked through them with my family, 
after the episode had already launched. Big mistake. My wife immediately said, well, that's dumb. My type isn't even in there. And then she went on to explain what her type is. So I decided to add it here just to complete the thought and round out the information I gave you last week. So the final type of coffee drinker is this, type 7, the lightweight. The lightweight is the person who really wants to be a coffee drinker. They're in love with the idea of drinking coffee. They love the smell. They wish they drank it as much as everyone else. The problem is they really don't like it. They try it again and again, but just can't get there. They're the type who says, hey, can I try that? And when they do, they get that screwed up face and they hand your drink back to you as if it contains some radioactive ingredient. The lightweight eats coffee ice cream, drinks Jamocha milkshakes, gets frappuccinos at Starbucks, and tries everything in their power to ingest coffee in ways that are as sweet and sugary as possible. So there you have it. And then finally, I wanted to clarify uh, what it is that we actually do on the podcast. So I had someone the other day say, so net it out, what is transcend human? I mean, if you were in the proverbial elevator and somebody asked you and you had less than two minutes to sell your idea, what would you say? So I gave the person a few things, but I easily went over my time and I realized that I have never really come up with an elevator speech for transcend human. I mean, then sure, there's the mission statement, how you can rise above the human condition, and there's the core values of truth, transparency, growth, and love. And then there are the seven tenets of Transcend Human, which I won't go into here, but if you'd like them, I put a link in the show notes. But aside from the humor and the lighthearted stuff and the minute of transparency, what are we actually trying to do? So I thought a bit about that this week, and this is what I came up with. We're all running around in a fog, a fog made up of joy, pain, struggle, perseverance, success, failure, love, hatred, anger, sadness, etc. All of these things are part of what we call the human condition. Now, transcend human is a hot air balloon that we get into. As we ascend through the fog, it actually lifts a bit and we're able to see it from a new perspective. We see people running around, worn out by the lives they're living unable to see anything but what's in front of them. But being up this high, it also looks different. Somehow, things are not as important. You wonder, why was I as frantic as I was when I was down there? From up here, you can see that there's more to life than the fog. There's something bigger going on, a cosmic battle, if you will. And what we don't realize when we're down in the fog is how important this battle is, how important it is to every human on Earth. We're kind of blinded to the fact that it even exists. Transcend Human's goal is to help get us in the hot air balloon every time we get stuck on something specific in the fog. When we get stuck, we climb in the balloon, we rise above it to see what it really means in the grand scheme of things. And once we get that perspective, we're able to see it differently and adjust our lifestyles to match. The balloon is not a ride called perfectionism. It's simply a ride out of the fog and into an atmosphere where we can make better decisions because we can see more clearly. Now that's slightly abstract, I know, but I thought it might be helpful to some of you who 
have asked the same question. What is transcend human really? So there you have it. A few clarifications and corrections to keep us on track. But let's get back to today's topic, which is transcending business trends. In this episode, we're going to talk about what exactly is a business trend. Two, are business trends only for businesses? And finally, we're going to finish up with empire versus movement. So let me start right off the bat by saying that this this whole episode is going to be a little heady, a little in the clouds. When I came up with the concept for the episode, it sounded so interesting and I was really geeked about doing it. But then the other day, I literally wrote out the entire episode, put my pen down or moved the keyboard away from myself. And I just sat there like, I don't know. I mean, I just didn't know. It just didn't hit the way most of the episodes do. So I stopped, I sat there, I waited for a while, gave it a day to think, um, think it through. And then eventually I decided, no, it's just not right. And so I went back through and literally rewrote most of it. So just putting that out there ahead of time, like this is a, it's an interesting concept. I love it. Um, but at the same time, it's, it can get a little muddy. So hopefully my rewrite, uh, helped explain a few things and hopefully it'll, it'll come off better than it. Uh, originally had started. So here we go. Number one, what exactly is a business trend? So let me start by saying I'm not a business guy. I know the power of business. I know the allure of it. I mean, I see that the world is made up of business-minded people who work in the ever-expanding marketplace in order to make money and become successful. To me, people who live in this lane are either part of an episode of Shark Tank or The Apprentice, right? They're either working their butts off to have an idea take off, or they're fired for no apparent reason. It's the dog-eat-dog world, right? The dog-eat-dog world of startups, mergers, acquisitions, hostile takeovers, building the portfolio, legalized gambling, stocks and bonds, finding the loopholes in the tax code, leveraging emerging market channels, using the right CRM to increase ROI, and the list goes on and on. To some of you, I just sounded intelligent for a few minutes, but to a business person, I probably sound like a kindergartner trying to play outside of my sandbox. But you get the picture, right? Think Pretty Woman, uh, the movie, and how Edward uh, lived his life, right? That's basically the picture I'm seeing when I think about big business. The world is an extremely complex place, a hostile environment, if you will. Even in this great country we call home, right? Land of the free, home of the brave. Doesn't opportunity exist for everyone? Well, yes and no. Opportunities exist, but that doesn't mean accessing them is easy. Even for privileged white males like myself, we have far less standing in our way than other people, and yet success still requires hard work and is often elusive. And then throw into the mix if you're a female or a minority, and it's even harder. If 2020 in the recent past has taught us anything, this is it. We live in the land of opportunity, but it is still harder for some than others. And that's not the way it should be. But I digress. This episode is not about inequality or systemic racism or any of those things. We will save those for another day. What I wanted to focus on today is the mindset of a business person, 
right? How they act, what they think about, uh, and the tools that they leverage to keep moving forward. And the tools that they leverage often pop up as business trends or ideas put out there by successful businessmen and women who have already made it, right? And are willing to show us how it can be done. Business trends come in the form of TED Talks, blog posts, books, seminars, webinars, and yes, even YouTube videos. A business trend is a large wave that pops up out of the blue, and every surfer in the world scrambles to catch it for the ride of their life. For example, according to cactusglobal.com, here are 10 of the most influential trends from the past 10 years. Number one, big tech and software as a service. Think about the way Zoom and other online conferencing tools took over back in 2020. Number two, sustainability. Companies realizing that the benefit there is to being environmentally conscious. Number three, an increase in U.S. energy independence. So the U.S. basically leaning on its own resources rather than importing everything from other countries. Number four, women in business. So over the last 10 years, there has been an increase in the number of women running successful businesses. Number five, online shopping. All I need to say is Amazon, and you get the idea. Number six, digital marketing. So that's everything from email marketing to social media, SEO, etc. Number seven, workplace flexibility. Realizing the power behind a positive work environment and a healthy staff culture. Then in 2020, the emergence of the work-from-anywhere movement, thanks to COVID. Number eight, data privacy. So a strong focus on securing data after multiple instances where it was stolen, lost, or misused. Think about how many times Mark Zuckerberg has been in hot water for Facebook's inappropriate use of data. Number nine, uh, falling cost of capital. So the rich getting richer due to economic trends like lowered interest rates. And finally, you have virtual reality, augmented reality, and artificial intelligence. Emerging technologies that are pushing the envelope with uh, VR and AR, you know, kind of messing with our concept of reality and what's possible. And then AI being used to analyze data, make predictions, and automate content to boost sales and efficiency. So this push toward total automation um, is just hilarious. You know, think back to the cartoon we used to watch as kids, the Jetsons. And this is really what we're trying to achieve and we aren't far away from that goal. Now, again, I'm not a business person, though I am in the tech world working for a tech company. So some of the things I just listed come into play for us on a regular basis. We do deal with big tech, uh, software as a service, digital marketing, data privacy, augmented reality, AI, all those things are part of what we do. Um, However, these aren't really the trends I even want to talk about. Uh, I'm thinking more about the non-tech trends, soft trends, if you will, the process-related trends, the business mindset trends, the ones you read about in top-selling books by Malcolm Gladwell, for example, like Outliers, Blink, The Tipping Point, or Simon Sinek's books like Find Your Why or Start With Why. Uh, These are big idea books that really straddle the line between personal growth, leadership training, and business strategy. Books that suggest a new way of doing something, right? A new way of looking at the world, a new way of interacting with people. 
this is really what I mean when I say business trends. When I look back, uh, a big one that stands out to me was the Stephen Covey explosion, right? His book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, came onto the scene and the world took notice. Individuals read it to become better or more effective people, and entire companies and organizations have gone through training sessions using the content in order to grow their businesses. These days, ideas like the seven habits come along at a staggering pace. I mean, everyone has an idea, and with the internet, there is no stopping anyone from putting out their ideas into the universe. This is both a blessing and a curse, as you know. Number two, are business trends only for businesses? So now that I've loosely defined what I mean by a business trend, uh, I want to talk about who they are for. Ultimately, most of the big idea books I've read lately uh, are written with multiple audiences in mind. You can read them as an individual and gain insights that way. You can read them as a leader and grow in your ability to lead. And you can read them as a business owner to gain insights for how to grow your business. But what I'm wrestling with is a slightly different question. I'm not asking if these big ideas are good or bad. I'm asking about the motivation behind us using them. In other words, what is our motivation? What is our end goal for these business trends, these big ideas. More on that in a minute, but first, here's another example of a business trend. So I was listening to the uh, Andy Stanley Leadership Podcast the other day, and he had a guest on named Sangram Vajre, uh, one of the co-founders of a company called Terminus. Uh, The episode was called Must-Haves for a Successful Startup Culture, and they were discussing one of the concepts from... uh, I think Vajray's recent book. And the idea is that there are two ways to market a business product. The first way is called problem market fit. Uh, And the way he described it is that this is very important in the first year of your uh, startup business to focus your marketing efforts on the problem that exists and how you are able to solve the problem. Your desire will be to focus on your product, right? Because you believe in it, because you love it. But nobody else cares about your product yet. You have a problem, or they have a problem, rather, and they don't even understand how you can help them with that problem. And then the second way is called product market fit. So you have problem market fit and product market fit. And according to the the author of this book, um, This happens a couple years in, so you start focusing less on the problem and more on the product a couple years into owning your business or to to starting up your business. Once your product has caught on, there is some brand recognition, there's some consumer buy-in, and now you can focus on the product itself and how amazing it is. Now, that was a very simple piece of information, right? Part of a much larger business trend or big idea that he put out in his book regarding managing a successful startup. But this is what I'm talking about, right? These are the big ideas, the business trends that people jump all over in order to push their business forward towards success. And in the business world, this all makes sense, right? Because a business focuses on growth and success typically has something to do with financial growth, growth in power, growth in influence, growth in popularity, etc. 
So this is the motivation behind a business using business trends or big ideas. The motivation is success in the marketplace. So my question about motivation really comes down to this. We get it when we talk about companies and businesses functioning this way, but does that mean that the same tactic should be applied to other things in life, right? How about churches? How about nonprofit organizations? How about creative ventures like Transcend Human? And that's when I realized it all comes down to what motivates us, what our end goal is. So maybe it's part of my baggage, right, from previous jobs that I've had. For seven years, I worked in the mental health field as a clinician and a program manager. And I left the field because the hospital I worked at operated 100% as a cutthroat for-profit business. I became disillusioned. Uh, Weren't we there to help people? And if so, why did we meet every morning to discuss why the beds weren't full? Why one patient had left a day early? Why we didn't use up all of a person's available mental health benefits on their insurance plan? It wasn't about helping people. At least it didn't feel that way. That was just a means to an end. A means to being profitable. So I left that world. And I moved into ministry, into the church world. And for 15 plus years, I lived and worked in this new world. And for years, it just felt right. It felt like we were doing the right things for the right reasons. But looking back now, I can see that it was just as muddy, a murky overlap between ministry and business, even in the church world. Both of the churches I worked at uh, were probably considered megachurches. And from my experience in these organizations, I've come to understand that running megachurches as businesses is standard operating procedure. Not necessarily a bad thing, but the potential is there for problems. So the first church I worked at um, definitely leaned more toward the ministry side. Uh, The leadership had a spiritual foundation, first and foremost. Uh, And from there, they employed sound business practices to ensure that the organization was successful, that it didn't fail. But the second church I worked at leaned more toward the business side of things. Uh, There was an actual layer at the top made up of businessmen and and businesswomen who operated with the same cutthroat, cold, calculating practices that I remembered from my days in the for-profit mental health field. They ran the church as if it was a publicly traded company with growth and success as the ultimate goal. When it came to the spiritual element, you had to look pretty hard to find it. And it was the second church that really caused my disillusionment with ministry, similar to the mental health field before it. But this disillusionment gave me pause and led me to question things like motivation. And that's the important thing to understand, that motivation, what is that motivation, before we blindly go down the road of using popular business trends in the execution of our goals and dreams? So back to my question, who are they for? Are they for me? Are they for Transcend Human? At the end of the day, I can view Transcend Human as a business, right? And apply every possible business trend I can get my hands on, use all of the big idea concepts to grow, make money, succeed, and become a household name. Or I can do the opposite. I can view it as something else altogether and find a different motivation to drive things. Or the third option, I guess, is to find a happy medium. 
right? To, to run Transcend Human using the best of both worlds. And that's really what I've decided to try is option three. But in order to do that, I still have to draw a line in the sand, right? I have to figure out how much of the business trend stuff, the big idea stuff is helpful before it pushes me over the edge into that business mindset where growth and success are all that matter. So back to the example of a church, it's probably important for a church to draw the line and say, we use business strategies in order to maintain the health of our organization, but only to the extent that these strategies are ethical, moral, and help us achieve our true calling. When this doesn't happen, when a church becomes all about outward success, financial profitability, numbers, finding tax loopholes, playing in the gray, treating staff as expendable resources, that's when the line has been crossed and you're simply a company trying to take over the world. And these are the types of questions I have and the questions I'm trying to make, or the questions I'm trying to answer rather when it comes to transcend human. Number three, empire versus movement. So as I was going through the content this week, I kind of landed on the following illustration to help tie things together. Ultimately, I came to view it like this. Your motivation determines whether you're using business trends and big ideas to build an empire or to start a movement. Most companies and businesses are in the empire building business. Now, this isn't necessarily a bad thing. It just comes with the territory, right? You don't start a business to fail. You don't start a company and then secretly hope your competitor has a better year than you. When you start something like that, your goal is success, profitability, increased market share, visibility, etc. It is what it is. However, churches and nonprofit organizations are in a unique position. It doesn't seem like the traditional business goals are the goal, right? I mean, isn't there something bigger at work? Isn't there a higher calling? Isn't the end game spreading the gospel or helping people and not financial success or popularity? Unfortunately, there are many churches and nonprofits that use business trends the same way businesses do. And at the end of the day, they're building the same thing that businesses are. They're building empires. But others seem to understand their motivation and their mission, using business trends to remain healthy as they start and grow a movement. So what is this whole movement thing and how is it different? Well, that's a great question, and that's what I'm struggling with, even this week as I think through the next steps for Transcend Human. How can I ensure my motivation is pure? How can I ensure that I'm building a movement rather than an empire? And what does it even look like? I mean, how can I employ common sense business trends and big ideas to grow the movement? Because growth is not a bad thing especially if the growth is seen in new people hearing truths that impact their lives. Growth in a movement is less about me and more about the thing I'm offering the world. So that's my real question for you today. What is your motivation? Do you want to build an empire or start and maintain a movement? When I use this terminology, I can't help but think about the following examples. So when you think of an empire, You think of Babylon, Rome, Greece, Persia, all huge, massive empires that existed at some time. But interestingly enough, all of them are gone. 
none of them remain a global empire. That's because empires rise and fall. Just when you reach your pinnacle, the new kid on the block knocks you down. Because there is always someone faster, smarter, and stronger than you. And then when I think about a movement, I think about Christianity. Not the megachurch phenomenon we just talked about above. I'm talking about true Christianity. The pure movement that began with the death and resurrection of Jesus. The movement that has grown stronger and more prevalent throughout the world. A movement that will never end or be overthrown. Something that is eternal versus temporal. Let's land the plane. So when it comes to transcend human, you know, there may be elements of a business there, right? I've heard some pretty convincing business trends that just make sense to help build a strong foundation, help you to spread your message and ensure that you're healthy enough to maintain viability. But at the end of the day, my motivation is to build a movement, not an empire. And this week, I want you to ask yourself the same question. Number one, how do business trends impact your life? Are they simply interesting and big ideas that can be used in a variety of settings? Or are they the next big thing to help you grow your business? And number two, are these trends really for you? I guess what I'm asking is what's your motivation? Even if you own a business or a company, what is your motivation? When you find it, You'll need to own it. Are you building an empire? Or are you starting or maintaining a movement? Once you know the answer to that, it will help you define the rest of your life. That's it for today. Uh, Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. Um, Be sure to tell your friends and family members about Transcend Human and hopefully the movement that it is becoming. Uh, Until next time, have a great week. Go start your movement and keep transcending human. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this episode of the Transcend Human podcast. For more information, you can go to transcendhuman.com, where you'll find additional content as well as ways to contact us and links to our social media channels. Thanks again for subscribing to the show, and we'll see you again real soon.